ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, this is Chickie Fitzgerald, and I have a very, very special topic that we are going to address today, and a little bit different from our normal Game Changer interview. We're going to be talking about what matters most of all, and, and the topic is about a seed that is planted, and sometimes we forget as we get involved in different things in our lives that the seed was always there mm -hmm. and the seed will produce and sometimes it takes a little bit longer than than we hope or it it turns out a little bit differently but the title of this book is called the seed was always there and the subtitle of the book is impactful stories from two women pastors and joining us today we have lucy colonan and Lucy, you have a co-author and she's not with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the two of you and how you know one another? So um, first of all, thank you um, so much for inviting me um, to be um, on the show today. But Lisa um, is the publisher and the owner of Now SCS Press. And she was the one that really connected Pastor Lena and myself. We hadn't known each other um, beforehand. And through Lisa, we were able to connect and meet and then talk about a, a book that we can write specifically for women. Yeah, Lisa is an amazing connector. She is. Well, terrific. So how about the title? Where, where did this come from? And what does matter most of all? So the title, really, and to be honest with you, it's something that we went back and forth with. Um, we kind of struggled a little bit because there was so much content in here. Um, we have several different um, chapters. There's, you know, uh, on different topics. And so getting together and trying to decide a title, we actually took a while on that. And I think at the end of the day, it was more of just realizing that through all the different stories that we wrote on here, all the different topics and issues and things that women and men as well go through, they were able to overcome and they were able to overcome because that seed was always there. There was a seed that had always been planted. And like you had mentioned earlier, sometimes it takes a while for that seed to be able to grow and to mature and to produce and into, you know, what we're hoping for and what we are wanting. Um, but that seed was always there and because that seed was there. They were able to um, overcome some of the challenges and obstacles that, you know, that they faced. And so we, we, struggled with the title. There were so many other different titles that we were looking at that we, you know, absolutely love. But I think at the end of it, we just kind of settled on a seed um, that was always there and then a seed that now blossomed. Right. Um, and that's what you, you know, at the end of the chapters, these are all, um, I, I call them just victorious. You know, these are everyday challenges that were overcome. Right, right. Well, it's interesting. I've got a an 18 year old son who is uh, an amazing gardener. He uh, 
has planted a, oh, he's got herbs, he's got tomatoes, he's got potatoes. I mean, he's oh, wow. that I never even would have thought about. But mm-hmm. if he's allowed he and I to have that discussion about how the unique thing about a seed, and I, I'm really glad that you chose that as your title, because the unique thing about a seed is you can't plant a cilantro seed and get cucumbers. Exactly, right? It is exactly what it was intended to be. And and my son happens to be adopted from Russia. Mm-hmm. And of course, the enemy of our souls would love to tell him that he was rejected and, and you know, he was an orphan. But the real story is that Psalm 139 says that he was actually created to be our son, to be mm-hmm. Fitzgerald. And that his his entire life plan uh, included the loss of his mother and the fact, you know, that his his right. father was never identified and and his grandparents not wanting to embrace him as part of, of their family and for him to be available uh, for mm-hmm. adoption for us. And so the seed that was planted, the seed that was created was this amazing young man who mm-hmm. was supposed to live in Tampa, Florida with us. Right. And, uh, you know, and he's got this amazing destiny that was, uh, you know, I also use the the analogy of, you know, like your bags were packed, right, mm-hmm. by God before right. the foundation of the earth. And whatever was in that bag is available to you, right? right. A little bit, uh, you know, broader than the seed analogy. But let's, let's just dive right into the book, because I'd love to hear sure. some of the stories. And you have have chosen a, a topic for each each of the individual chapters that is really just a very simple word, a very simple lesson in our life that we have to be reminded of. Right? These are things mm-hmm. that uh, some some of them are are kind of big words that uh, aren't part of everyday uh, discussion. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And then you've, you, in the book, you guys have taken the format of pulling a scripture that supports that word and mm-hmm. then telling the story around it. So let's just dive right in uh, with the first one, with, which is forgiveness. Right. Um, so with forgiveness, and I love what you said, um, very simple word. We may not use it every, in our everyday vocabulary. As a, as a matter of fact, it's some, sometimes something that we may shy away from because it's very hard um, to do, especially when you've been through something traumatic. But we've taken a scripture verse that would apply to um, forgiveness. So for this chapter, it was Colossians 3.13, which is bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so what we did then is we shared a story about um, a specific person, a woman, someone that we would know in our personal lives and, and just where she had to overcome um, the, the issue of forgiveness, of being able to forgive um, someone else. And then also tying in um, whether it's a scripture or even a story from the Bible that has to do with forgiveness, because we, we all have to be able to forgive others in order for God to um, forgive us. So in this chapter, it was a uh, um, a woman in specific who went through um, abuse and that how that kind of spiraled um, just different life events that let, let her down a, a downward spiral, I should say, um, into drugs and alcohol and even jail. And what I love about this story is that if you were to see her today, if you were to meet her today, you would have no idea what she has been through, what she has um, gone through and what she had to overcome 
Um, but it started with forgiveness for her. It started with her having to forgive um, the people who um, abused her, rejected her, and um, betrayed her as a child. Um, and now she's a living testimony. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Lucy, I, I didn't didn't share with you that our our normal audience for this show uh, are people who are are business people. And so I want to just bring this around uh, for those who maybe don't come from a churchy background. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, One of the one of the things that uh, Christians often do, which is off putting, and and I want to make sure that that I don't do this as part of this show, Mm -hmm. is terms that are, are highly meaningful for, for a Christian audience and, and not have our people who aren't as oriented that way, (coughs) excuse me, uh, not be able to relate or understand. So I I would love to share just a a brief story out of my own life, uh, where the word forgiveness is, is actually a, a kind of a funny word to use in a, in a corporate environment. But Years ago, I worked for uh, a woman who was uh, very exacting in how she would deliver feedback. Let's just put it that way, mm-hmm. right? And, and she had a, a habit of uh, whenever you would deliver a document to her, and back in those days, uh, everything was written, right, or typed, and mm-hmm. you didn't have electronic delivery. But she would take that that document, and she would write in the margin with itty-bitty notes. And the smaller the print the more uh, exacting she was being in how she was not happy with how the current document was written. Mm-hmm. And I ended up leaving that company and going to another company. And my new boss at the new company, we, we had offices next door to each other. And by this time, uh, email and electronic uh, sharing of documents was much more common. And I would walk into his office and, and talk to him about what I needed or wanted from him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, finally he said, you know, Chicky, you don't have to do that. You can actually send me the document and I'll just give you my feedback. And I realized in that moment that I actually needed to forgive her uh, for what she had made me feel. Mm-hmm. You know, every mm-hmm. time I wrote anything that I, that it wasn't good enough or and even if it was brilliant to begin with, and I remember her giving me feedback, I would rewrite something with her input and give it to her again, and she'd criticize it again. It's like, wait a minute, you just criticized your own stuff. Right. But I actually needed at that moment that he brought it to my attention to to forgive her because truly she didn't know what she was doing, how she was impacting. And it wasn't just me. I, I know she did it with everyone who worked for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so forgiveness is actually uh, something that is, is a very, very useful tool in business because I was actually able to then put it behind me and, and to move on and to behave right. differently in a similar environment. So I, I uh, thank you for letting me share that, but I just want to make sure that, that uh, we are providing the right who are listening to us who, who don't necessarily have the, the church orientation um, mm-hmm. how book can actually help them discover that seed inside them that maybe has been stifled, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through things that have gone on. So let's move right. on to the next one, which is, okay. pride, which is another one that has a great business uh, application as well. But go ahead and tell me your story. So um, pride is actually one that Pastor Lena um, wrote. And um, again, I think we see that anywhere that, that we go, that could be, whether it's a church setting, that could be in a family setting as well. 
our, our business setting where you have people that have a tendency to puff themselves um, up in front of others. And usually that stems from um, their own sense of um, insecurity or, or you know, self-worth. It's their own fears that they're dealing with that then compensates. And this is how they would then in turn treat others um, with a prideful um, attitude. And she does a beautiful job of just talking about um, that sometimes we have to let go of that persona, that, that pride that creeps in and have a spirit of humility, um, which that, that's for, for humanity, like all of us should just have the spirit of humility where we're helping each other, regardless of our backgrounds, the, the regardless of where we come from, um, and just being able to see each other more as team players as opposed to a competitor or someone that we're competing um, against. Right, and the next chapter, uh, the the title is simply yourself. Mm -hmm. Yourself, and that one I um, is one that I wrote. And sometimes we get in the way. We ourselves get in the way of even our own dreams, our aspirations, our our goals. Um, whether it's um, fear, whether it's just lack of motivation or or lack of passion, we go through our our ups and downs. But in specific with this chapter, um, yourself. It was actually a concept of being able to rest. Um, and I think we, a lot of us, we go through the motions and we, we just work, right? We eight to five, nine to five, whatever your hours are. A lot of us work overtime. We're in this work mode to get more. And I really wrote about um, just being able to rest and take time out for ourselves and being, take, being able to take time out to do the things that we enjoy, things that we are um that are really priorities in our life but we we don't put it in priority because other things like work and projects and deadlines um take um precedence and so for me this chapter was personally my own story of just learning how to rest and stop and just breathe and and look at everything around me like really be in the moment with my girls i have two girls being in the moment um, with my husband, as opposed to just going through the motions and this constant ritual and structure, you know, that, you know, that we have, I don't want to miss opportunities like that in creating really meaningful moments. Right, right. That's so, so true. Um, the, the next one is one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, it, it's the word joy. And I just finished writing uh, my first novel, which is an allegorical business novel, actually, about a company that is running out of money and, and the people running the company are, are just trying to figure out how to get to the next level and end up having to take in money. And it's interesting, the overriding story behind the book is uh, that everyone is really trying to find joy in what they do. Mm -hmm. And I know that's probably a different context than, than what you're talking about, but, but joy is not just happiness, right? Joy, right. joy, something very, very unique. Tell us about that. Um, so joy would be more of a constant in our lives. Happiness comes and goes one moment. You can be happy. The next moment um, you can be sad. Um, but for us, joy is that even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of uh, something that we're dealing with at work, with a coworker, with a supervisor, a manager, that even in that, you can still have a, a joyful attitude, a joyful spirit um, about you. And basically what that does is 
that other people will see that in you. They'll see that there's something different in you because for us, you know, we, we do believe that the joy comes from, from the Lord, but in, in any aspect, joy is different from happiness because happiness is temporary where joy can be a little bit more permanent in our lives. It's not going to change. It's a constant. So our circumstances change, but our joy remains the same. Right. Right. And of course, that gets challenged when we experience loss, which is, yes. is the next word. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think all of us, we have experienced loss at, at some point, whether it's someone that was very dear and close to us or a, a friend of a friend. Um, we've all experienced loss. And that's a, a, a chapter that I wrote about um, because it had to deal with a, a lady in specific who lost her husband and they were they were in their 30s and he went from just being lively you know just you know living life working he was a manager at walmart um his wife was in um grad school for for nursing and he went into the hospital he had a um stomach ache went to the hospital and he was he passed away just several months later he had an aggressive form of stomach cancer none wow. of us had anticipated that and um, we did all that we could to help the family and support the family. But the reason why I wrote this chapter in specific was um, the wife is that it was her, the way that she handled the loss. Now she grieved, she definitely grieved. She mourned, she cried, um, she needed help. She, she left, um, he left behind two daughters. Um, but it was the fact that she didn't get stuck in, in the morning. Um, she allowed us to come in with her and be able to mourn with her and help her. She didn't just totally um, disconnect. And so I've, I've been able to, to see that a lot, unfortunately, in, in where I work. And so um, to be able to see someone who experienced a loss so great like that and, and think that, oh, we're gonna live happily ever after, right? Everyone wants to live happily ever after. And, and to know that that dream was shattered and taken from her um, yet she, she, she kept going. She was there for her kids and she ended up graduating and got her um, master's in, in nursing. Um, and every day is a struggle for her, but she didn't let it um, overtake her. And so just seeing her strength, um, a strength that she didn't know that she had because of the loss that she had to deal with. Right, right. And I, I'm going to bring this back to business a little bit as well, because uh, in my world, I, I have been a serial entrepreneur for the last 22 years. And in, in that time, I have had a number of ventures and, and really the dreams that have uh, not come to fruition for one reason or another. I, I've had tremendous loss in, in mm -hmm. business that had to be shut down, uh, that ended up resulting in personal bankruptcy and ultimately the loss of our home and, and lots of things, uh, of course, around that. Mm -hmm. And so I've experienced loss, uh, not, not so much of someone that I loved, but something that I loved and, and it wasn't the physical things around me so much as, as the dreams that, that I lost. And right. I, I tell you now, when I see the word loss, I look at loss as a lesson, right? Mm -hmm. Which is you can choose to be a victim within that loss, or you can choose to actually learn from it and, and exactly have it longer. And, and I, you know, I'm glad to say that, that I, I have, 
you know, gotten on the other side of all of those things. And the one thing that I would want to share with our audience, again, whether you're looking from the business or the personal side of this word loss, is not to be afraid uh, to share that with other people. Uh, and I've had people who've criticized me and said, oh, Chicky, you should never, you know, as a successful business person, you should never be talking about bankruptcy. It's like, mm-hmm. well, why not? People need to know that there's life after that, mm-hmm. right? Life after death, both literally and figuratively, right? And and there is life after loss. And, and to be able to tell those stories is what does give other people the courage. Um, as I mentioned, we're not going to be able to drill through all of these, but all I would fast forward through them and, and just share with our audience some of the other things that you do deal with within, and then then we'll uh, pick pick a couple of your favorites, and I'll let you uh, share them. But let me just tell you the other words that are outlined in the book, and where there are stories and scriptures and encouragement and uh, ways that you can learn how to deal with both your own issues personally and professionally, and perhaps those that are going on with someone around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Self-reliance, acceptance, success, control, anger, faith, change, compassion, relationships, insecurity, failure, guilt and shame, and fear. I'm going to zoom in on one uh, that is important to me. And and then I would love for you to share, uh, Pastor Lucy, with... uh, one or two that that are really near and dear to your heart of the story. So I want to talk just a little bit about faith. And again, this is a kind of a funny word for a business person to talk about. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that I've been amazed uh, in my own life and in my own role in business is that people will come up to me and ask me, you know, how can you deal with all of these things that are swirling around you, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's just having so much on your plate or so many unknowns in, in a business plan or, or, you know, there, there's so many things in, right. in running a business and building a business uh, that really requires you not to have all the answers. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as Christians, we give that word, right. Of not having to know all the answers. We give that word uh, the faith, uh, definition, right? Mm -hmm. Because our faith isn't in ourselves and the ability to know all of the answers, but to know that our seed was planted a long time ago, right? Right. And I was given everything I need, right? Packed in the bag, built into the DNA in that seed that allows me to accomplish what I've been uh, given as a passion, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so I talk about faith in my own life, not just in the religious context of faith and what that means and, and you know, my faith in God and, and mm-hmm. believing this and, and all, of, all of the nuances of my specific religious aspects of faith, but really how I live my life from a day-to-day perspective, whether my husband is worried because his commissions are down and uh, you know, he's not sure that we're going to have money to take a family vacation. It's like, you know what, mm-hmm. to live our faith and say, you know what, it's all going to work out. You know, we're right. going to have the money that we need to do all the things that we want to do this year. And we need that time away as a family, right? So right. those are just some of the things I wanted to interject while you're thinking about what your favorite stories are and maybe share with me two two additional ones before we close. 
Okay, so I'll say this real quick. This is um, in relation to faith as you were speaking. One of the things that we mentioned in this chapter is that faith is like a muscle. So the more that you exercise it, the stronger that it becomes. And then your endurance, um, it, it increases. And so you can also look at it in, in that way, that it really is a muscle that we have to work at and um, exercise on a, on a daily basis in whatever you know, circumstance that you know, we may be, we find ourselves in. Um, so one of the other chapters that um, is dear to my heart is the control chapter. <laughs> and I think because um, as women, we have, we have a tendency to want to control things like we're planners and we, we want things in a certain manner, in a certain you know, way. And I think that sometimes we just have to embrace the insecurities of this world and to know that everything doesn't have to be perfect. Um, I think there's a freedom in letting go of that, of wanting to um, control. So this chapter, even though I wrote it um, on, on someone else's um, story and their journey, it also speaks volumes um, to me because I know that for me personally, it was an area of my life that I had to learn to just let go of and to know that um, I don't have to know everything. And I, I can rely on other people as well to help me on my um, journey. So it was a lot more of being able to cooperate and collaborate with others and not think that I have to know it all in order to achieve my um, my goals and this you know this journey that I'm on so there's a sense of freedom in letting go of wanting to control everything um, that's before us um, so that was one um, chapter um, you had mentioned the the, the faith chapter um, I, you know what I love all the chapters <laughs> so this is this is hard. well yeah that's like making yeah. a mom pick which yeah. children she likes best right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but I guess the, the other one I would pick would be insecurity. Um, and again, you know, we're writing these chapters and even though some of these have to do with other women that we know, they speak to us as well. And I think that's what's great about this book is that we all can relate to it in one way, you know, or another. But insecurity, I mean, we that's some, sometimes something that's unspoken. We don't go around and say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm insecure, but it's manifested. It's you see it in the way that we act or the way that we speak to others, um, whether it's positive or negative. And so that, that seed of insecurity is one that we need to remove um, from our, our lives. And to know that, um, again, just going back to um, teamwork and, and, and going back to um, letting go of the fear of rejection, of, of criticism, of feeling um, that I'm, I'm worthless. Like, insecurity is not going to get you where you need to um, go and just you know realizing that we all we all have something to bring to the the table and one of the the quotes it's not in this book it was in another book that that i had read that i totally love it says there's an abundant need in this world for your exact brand of beautiful and so we often think that, you know, I, I don't have a voice or I don't have anything good or worthy to say. There's already other people saying or, or doing it. But the truth is the world needs more of who you are. The world needs more of who I am. And so that, that whole concept of insecurity and knowing that sometimes we're the ones that feed on it and make it bigger than what it, it needs to be. So the way that we perceive ourselves and those around us really determines the decisions that we're going to make and how we act. And so that's so important um, when we have to deal with our insecurities 
um, so that we can get to where we need to in, in life. Well, I love that. And, and I just want to remind folks that, that we have been talking to uh, one of the co-authors of a book called The Seed Was Always There. And, and this book uh, is about what matters most of all. And, and at the end of the day, it's really knowing what you were created to be and, and to move aside all of the barriers of, mm -hmm. of the growth uh, that God wants to see in our lives. And uh, I love the way uh, that, that Lucy and, and Lena have laid out the book. Again, I, I had mentioned earlier that every chapter begins uh, again, with a very simple word and then uh, actually words from the word, right? So mm -hmm. uh, scripture verses that relate back to that. And then at the end of the chapter, after they have told the story, there's a whole section on on reflection and, and which are questions that if you were doing this as uh, a part of a, a, a book club or a study group, um, it would be a really great way to get to know the people in your group at a much mm -hmm. different level. So right. I really encourage, uh, particularly women that are, are listening today, uh, you know, to take a look at this book a, as a way to get to know perhaps your closest group of friends in, in a much deeper way, because it, I think it will allow everyone to be much more transparent right. about, about uh, perhaps topics, like you said, of insecurity that, that isn't uh, normally discussed. Um, right. And then you learn that you're not, you're not alone in this. Exactly. When you share it with others. You know, and I'll tell you the other side of that. I happen to be a person who, and it's not, trust me, it's not that I don't have insecurities, but insecurity isn't a part of my DNA. It's not mm -hmm. a natural place that I go, mm -hmm. right? I don't spend time. Uh, but when I'm around people who are insecure, it brings out something in me that isn't very nice. Mm -hmm. And and so it also allows us to talk about, uh, you know, areas of growth that we have. Wow, uh, yeah. And in my life, this manifests itself in business mm -hmm. and, and not just in, in the personal life. So uh, I really thank you for your time that you have spent, Lucy. This has been a very special segment of the Game Changer where we're really uh, focusing on game-changing faith, right? And right. game-changing ideas that are maybe outside of the norm of what we talk about on, on the Game Changer series. And uh, so I'm so grateful for you joining us and thank you so, oh, wow. so much for your time. Yes, you're very welcome. And um, I appreciate the, the opportunity. Thank you um, as well. Okay, thank you, Pastor Lucy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, take care. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas, inspiration, innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald. Thank you.